Well, now that you made it past all of that, I would love to give a big shout out to you, all of the listeners. Thank you for choosing us, and I promise you won't be disappointed. A little side note, the Millennial Manifesto, which you may or may not have heard, is a little extra something I recorded as soon as I saw the news about the marches across the country, and I hope you like it. What's up, America? This new show is called If I Was President. Each episode has a new guest, and at the end of every episode, we ask the question, what would you do if you were president? And the guest has to respond with, if I was president, I mean, how many times have you heard someone say, if I was president, and whatever they have to say? Probably a lot. I've said it a lot, and I'm sure you have too. Well, this show lets you hear them all. And that's how we got the name of this show. So, our guest. Our guest today is a youngster from New Jersey with his own podcast as well. Check him out on iTunes. The The name of his show is called The Youngins. So, Jai is one of the organizers of the March for Our Lives event in Jersey City, New Jersey. And folks, this conversation is a good one. We had a few difficulties with the connection during the conversation, and I'm sure you'll be able to pick up on them. But don't worry, it'll keep playing. If you want to reach out, send an email to ifiwaspresident2020 at gmail.com. That's ifiwaspresident2020 at gmail.com. Now, this episode is a long one, so buckle up, because it's going to get bumpy. We talk about the movement, culture, voting in 2020, and the truth about the Jersey Shore. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm your host, Lance Kreck, and here we go. Hey, man. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Hey, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm John Patel. I'm a senior uh, from Jersey City, New Jersey, and I go to McNair Academic High School. Um, I organize March for Our Lives in Jersey City, and uh, we're working on future events to bring awareness to gun violence in the United States. How quick are those coming up? Are they are, are those events pretty pretty soon? Or are they are they pretty far out? Well, we got one on April thirteenth because I do stand up comedy, so I rounded up to comedians. So okay, uh, yeah, on April thirteenth we're gonna have a charity show. We're gonna donate the money to one foundation called New City Kids that works to keep kids off the street. Uh, you know, by giving them you know. Like you know, oh here's a music project or something like that, like the means to fund their talent, and then uh-huh. to every town for gun safety, which is like the large corporation that's been sponsoring all these marches and supporting all of them, and they have something called the Survivors Network, which funnels the money to victims of gun violence and their family. So that's on the thirteenth, and all the proceeds go to to those two charities, and on the twentieth, which is uh. The Columbine anniversary, we're having kind of like a remembrance rally 
we're originally going to do like a moment of silence, but that kind of like goes against the movement because we don't want thoughts and prayers anymore. We kind of want action. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So you feel for action for the movement. What about the people that don't, but they still are in line with the movement? They see it for a long-term goal, so the strategy might be different than um, what is the current status quo. What would you say to that? Well, I mean, as long as, even regardless, left, right, this isn't a left or right issue, even though, you know, like you said, long-term, Congress kind of wants to make it a left or right issue. It's mm-hmm. it's more about, you know, do you support common sense gun laws in the United States, which we don't have right now? I'm not saying repeal the Second Amendment, you know what I mean? Because that's, mm-hmm. that's not even a long-term project. That's just not a plausible or even a smart thing to do. Uh, but yeah, you know, if that you, would be the objective, I guess, maybe 10 years down the road. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily support that, but I, I get it. You know, people who aren't doing anything like right now, not organizing, but they're in line with the movement and they feel uh-huh. like, Hey, you know, I want to do something, register to vote. That's one thing. If you can't register to vote, join a local grassroots movement. You could do this by yourself. That's what I did. You know what I mean? Cause there are people in the state who live in Republican pockets, you know, like Tom's river and whatnot. And uh, I got to meet with them at a roundtable discussion with uh, Senator Cory Booker. And they were just telling me, like, you know, we have 3,000 kids in our school. Only 1,000 walked out. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're fighting the uphill battle. I'm kind of lucky because I live in, like, a liberal area. But they're fighting the uphill battle. And I say join that fight. Instead of, you know, going on Twitter or Facebook or sharing stories, you should start doing something. And you're exactly right because the weather is perfect outside. It's the springtime. It's almost the summertime. It's the, it's the perfect time to get out there and get active. I mean, it's exactly. Mother Nature work. It's working in favor of the movement. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like April 13th. Weather should be good. April 20th. It should definitely be good. But then I saw the weather. It's supposed to snow this Monday. So I was like, really? So you associate April 20th with the Columbine uh, anniversary, correct? Yeah. So what would you say to the uh, the the um the listeners out there who are dealing with cannabis issues who associate 420 with the cannabis side. What is your take <laughs> on on medical cannabis? You are 18, so you are in mm-hmm. some states legal to have a medical uh, marijuana card, uh, medical cannabis card. I'm sorry. So what what is your take on that? Whether or not it this is your what is your take on it? Well, you know, like personally, I would. I would I'm not a fan of using, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever, but this is like legal and medically prescribed. And when they're medically prescribed, it's for a reason, you know, like cancer patients need it, you know, people suffering from, you know, anxiety and stuff like that. So I get it and I'm full support of it. Also, it's a whole nother business. Like our, our newly elected governor, governor Murphy, he's like all for it because he's thinking business wise, that's a whole nother, like, billion dollar industry you know what i'm saying like that would be good for our state so i completely support it and uh it's a little funny that it's <laughs> it's all on the same day but um people you know if you attend our rally or you know you're doing some kind of remembrance do it but also if you know you're supporting what you mm-hmm. want to smoke and lighting up on that day then do it i mean i'm not sure but isn't 420 more for like celebration and all that like you know just like, exactly exactly it's it's a cause for celebration that that is what people you know associate with the the celebration of uh of that day whether it's it's remembrance or 
a celebration of a remembrance. Yeah, so like you know, attend. This is not a somber event. This is not a vigil. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is a this is a a rally. There are gonna be speeches. There are gonna be chants. There are gonna be signs. This is like a really. And that's what's thing. I, and I agree with you. And that that is what is gonna be powerful to keep the movement going is the activism. I totally agree with you guys. I'm right there with you. Yeah, man. I, full full support. Full yeah, full support of the movement. Yeah. All right, man. So. I can see from your Instagram and, uh, you know, your social media that you like to travel. So oh, where, where's, where, where's your favorite place that you've been so far? I'm going to go with Hawaii. Really? Europe, yeah. Europe is like second place, but Hawaii is like definitely number one. Really? Because I lived, I lived in Hawaii for four years. Damn. <laughs> I, actually met, I actually met my wife out there. She went to the University of Hawaii. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so we got married out there, and then now, you know, we're entrepreneurs doing our thing. Yeah, fully supportive of the movement. I totally agree with you. Hawaii, by far. If I could own real estate in Hawaii, I would. Oh yeah, but it's one. It's like expensive, and also like you know, you lived there for four years, so you know, kind of know like the the whole story of the natives and all of that. So I'm more of a fan of like let the natives have their land because I went recently, and I don't know if you've been recently, but Zuckerberg, you know, Facebook, he was like he bought like a large chunk of real estate. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, people who've been here for in Hawaii for such a long time, like, they were like, wait, hold up, bro. Like, this is our land. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're, like, kind of like the homesteaders. And he was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he cut a deal with them. Like, me, personally, I think they should get first dibs because it is their land. You know what I mean? Yes. Let, let, let me go back on that. Real estate. I meant, I'm sorry, a, uh, a, a honk. Because uh-huh. my... Uh, yeah. My my grandfather, uh, a piece of, uh, you know, um, residential property. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Because uh, my grandfather, actually, uh, he, he passed away uh, recently, and he had a home out there. So I I would, you know, visit his house, and he had a, a view that overlooked Pearl Harbor. And, you know, it was an amazing, oh, wow. amazing house. Yeah, it was awesome. So in, like, so. Honolulu, right? So it was... Uh-huh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was thinking, I'm sorry, we did island hopping, so I was thinking, like, you know the ranches and like all. Oh, oh yeah, no. That's yeah. what I was thinking. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Nope. I don't roll. I don't don't have the kind of capital that Zuck's got. Yeah, I mean, I don't nope. know. I don't know if I agree with him on that one. You know what I mean? Because like nope. you, yep. I get it. Because you're. I I totally agree with you. Because uh, yeah. I mean, uh, dude, I'm I'm a hippie at heart, so yeah. uh, I'm all about peace, and so we'll we'll get to the the later stuff. You know, talking about. A yeah. uh, little deep, deeper, deeper topics a little bit. All right. So, what about internationally? So, the Hawaii is 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 you know a part of the United States. But what about international? What was your favorite place? Oof. Italy, probably. All right. So, would you recommend Italy I to would. a friend? I yeah. Would. I would. Yes, I would definitely go to Italy, and not just like. Like Rome and like all like go to like the real Italy like you know visit Mount Vesuvius look at the country side you know look at the vineyards and stuff like that because we did a thing where we went to Mount Vesuvius and right before mm-hmm. we up there's this family that's like been there for like decades on decades and they have this like little restaurant and Vesuvius is right in the back and they own all the vineyards and like you know the, their wine is world famous and yada 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 so like. We got to sit there and like you know they're really authentic. The people were nice, and then we did the trek up, and that was crazy, but it was worth it. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would definitely do that because more, you know, it's kind of touristy, of course. I'm not going to say it's not, but you also kind of got that relationship with nature, which is really important because you just don't want to go from one city to visit another city. You want to go from your culture to, ex- you know, get exposed to a new culture. That I, That's why, you know, why my family vacations. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Definitely have a respect for culture. That's, that's one thing I would recommend for traveling you know, for that, that, that quote unquote traveling American to avoid that stigma, to avoid that stigma internationally, you have to respect the culture of where you're going. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you definitely don't want that because, you know, (laughs) because that stigma has been there, right? Even before, uh, Mm -hmm. but like now with him, it's kind of more like, yeah, Americans are definitely like this, 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 but you know, that stigma has always been there that, you know, we've been historically obnoxious when we go to other places and i just recommend not doing that because that ruins your experience because <laughs> america a terrible terrible reputation i remember uh, actually seeing it the the um the local brothers in uh in hawaii they, they'd call them howleys mm-hmm. they call the the yeah so I, i've seen that firsthand yeah i've seen it <laughs> yeah so didn't ha- uh it didn't really happen to me because um i honestly i i respected the culture just because of how I grew up, mm-hmm. I guess my, my dad was in the military. He was, uh, he was actually a green beret. And so culture is a very big part of, it's a very big part of their, uh, training and I guess thought process when it comes to how they approach certain things. And so, because okay. it's always, a t- it's always about what's going to have second and third order effects mm-hmm. because, you know, one action is going to cause two, three, four, and, Nobody oh, yeah. exactly knows that unless you think about it, you know, so you can really impact somebody. And I mean, we're seeing it in society today and mass media all over the place. It's, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, we're trying to, you know, we're full supportive of the movement. I mean, I can't say it enough, man. I had to yeah, get you guys on here. The more, the more, you get, the more the guys, the more of the guys and gals we can get on here, the better, you know, oh, yeah, I mean, full, fully support, you know, getting all this information out there because, you know, we want to help help you guys with a voice because, um, yeah, I, I remember you and I, we were talking once and, and, um, I, I told you about whenever I was, I was younger, my brother was listening to Rage Against the Machine when I was a kid. So I've kind of grown up with the, the revolutionary mindset. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you, when you think of a movement, which is what we're calling it today, yes. what would you say if, if the, um, I guess you could say the establishment is going to call it a revolution. So what would you say? Um, Influence, maybe? Or? No, so I guess Huey Newton said it best from the Black Panthers back in the yeah. 70s. He's, he said, you can't jail a revolution, but you can jail a revolutionary. Yeah, that's true. So what, what's your take on that? Do you think that the establishment is going to take that approach? Um... Oof, that's a that's a good question. I feel like it's not as our movement's not as you know as I don't want to say radical, not radical. It's not as also I don't want to say important. I, I'm just gonna describe it. You see, they had you know the Black Panthers, Civil Rights Movement, even you know the guys burning their draft cards in Vietnam. They had like something that was looming overhead that's been bothering them for years, and they really need to get they really needed to fight it. Was their lives were in danger. Like, if you went to Vietnam, 90% of the time you weren't coming back. You know what I mean? So, like, 
You know, blacks needed the right to vote. Blacks needed equal rights. They were fighting for civil rights. So they needed that. Our movement more, it's, you know, we're teenagers, right? And the government, I feel like they will never lock up one of us. Because that's public outcry right away. Yeah, that's political political suicide. Yeah, that's just a stupid idea. And sure, they can say, like, you know, if we were, say, you know, they draft us and we were burning our draft cards and they arrested me, I would go, you know, I wouldn't go with, you know, fighting because I knew that was against the law because that draft card, it's a function the government needs. You know what I mean? Like, they use it and they're like, okay, you're going to go. So that's why it's illegal to burn your draft card. So I wouldn't do so much like that. Right now, everything we're doing is legal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Through social Mm -hmm. media, we're reaching out to organizations, we're organizing parties. You guys are doing it right. Exactly. You guys are are doing it right. Exactly. And right now, we don't need that, you know, firmer hand like the Black Panthers. You know, you always need that. You always need a Malcolm X to a MLK. You always need that. Because people think in two different ways and you want to gather their support regardless. Because you're fighting for the same cause, it's just your view on it is different. Malcolm X was more, you know, firm. MLK played by the rules. There are people who on MLK sides like really like we don't like this. Clearly, it's not working. And then they were like, you know, who is speaking to me, Malcolm X? See, it, there's always that that median. I don't think we need one right now. I think we kind of have like a, a spokesperson for that side. It would be like Emma Gonzalez because she's like straight up like you know, come for you. Come for you and come for you and come for you. I don't care who I find. That's like, no, like exactly. And there, ha- there, everybody has their style, you know, exactly. and that's what that's what gives it flavor. And yeah, exactly. And for teenagers, you know, we see that and we're like, wow, I want to follow her. We don't want to follow the guy who's like, oh, you know what I'm gonna do if you elect mm-hmm. me. Like we don't care, honestly. This this girl is good, and a, a lot of adults don't like her. A lot of adults who are on our side, don't like her. Like, you know, members of, uh, some members of Moms Demand Action, you know, I saw on the Facebook page for New York, um, they were like, when she first gave her speech, there was a good picture of her where she has her hand on her face, her eyes are closed, and there's a tear streaking down her face. And they try to make, like, kind of like the face of the movement. I saw a bunch of comments, and it was like, please don't make her the face of the movement. Please, you know, like, because she's not overtly aggressive. She's just passionate. And what adults want is passion but in check like right away in check like you're playing by the rules and yada 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 so i kind of see how she could be the other side because she gets attacked by you know the nra and people who don't like the movement more than anyone so i kind of see what you said you're saying but i don't think we need that as of right now do i think we will Probably. I hope it never comes to that. You know what I mean? I hope mm-hmm. it I, I don't. Th- yeah. I, go ahead. Go ahead. So I think, yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, yeah. Uh, so what do you think about Mr. David Hogg? Oh, man. Is he the spokesman for the movement? I, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to Well, no, I, I mean, yeah. If if you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to say, you don't want to say. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it, I, I know want, it's. I don't want to say. I want, I, I kind of want like a second opinion on that. You know what I mean? So like, what would you, okay. what would you think? I, I would like to meet him first before I, I form an opinion. Yeah, right. I'm kind of. You know, because, because the media, however the media, you know what I mean? The media is the media. And if you brand yourself or market yourself a certain way, 
that is how you're perceived and that is what people will latch on to. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Some people, uh, you know, brand themselves uh, a certain way. That is that is his style, you know, because that is what is his path right now. Because, you know, well, um, you know, G- Gary Vaynerchuk said it. He, he, he tells a lot of um, the people that listen to him and follow him to just don't listen to, to what the people say, you know like Johnny Pants 45, whatever they say about, you know, whatever you guys are trying to do, because if they haven't met you, they don't know you. They don't know yeah, what the face, they don't know what the face of the whole movement is, but they're oh, yeah. giving it. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's really smart of a uh, opinion to have. And I agree with you. I hold that same opinion because like, yes, you speak eloquently. You're amazing, but blah, blah, blah. I need to meet you. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, you know, it's kind of sad saying this, but the Parkland survivors in their own way are politicians. You know what I mean? They have the yeah. agenda and supporters of the Parkland survivors, adults as well, are all politicians, even though they might not be because they all have their agenda. They all want to push it. They all have support and they know they have support. So they act a certain way in front of the cameras. I need to like, I don't, I'm not one of those people who's like, Oh, can I vote for him? You know, would I have a sit down and have a drink with him? Uh, no, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to vote for it. I'm not one of those people. I just want to make sure because I don't want to mm-hmm. put my full faith in you and you just turn out to be a terrible, terrible human being. You know what I mean? It 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 really makes sense how you treat others. It matters. Exactly. Exactly. Treat others how you want to be treated. Exactly. It it all matters. So I agree with you. I, I need to meet more people, you know, who, you know, are like, you know, the face of the movement. I need to meet more people because everyone – always has their thing and i i pride myself in gauging people properly by the way they speak when we're like one-on-one or the way they speak to others so i don't know man i I agree with you though all right all right so with everything that's going on you know with the movement and everything you know the movement can't really become your life but there are those people that will become those spokespeople like uh, you know what we're talking about that will uh, take that role eventually because it's only a matter of time uh, exactly what you're saying you know there's going to be the people that that try to go the routes that they do because they're going to start to realize that he, either a they can monetize on their position or they have to go into business in a couple of years with either college or uh, outside of college and you know have money to survive or get a job and and how do you how do you you know what what do you think the movement is going to look like in five years hopefully it's not around hopefully they take care of everything but you know knowing the united states government i don't think that's gonna happen and i think it won't be necessarily emma it won't necessarily be you know you know david or cameron it won't necessarily be them as the face of it they'll always be remembered as the face of it but it's kind of time for the next generation to go you know what i mean if that makes sense because I'm 18. I'm already registered to vote. In five years, I'm going to be 23. I can't be preaching students demand action, students demand change if I'm 23. I'm technically a man. You know what I mean? A legal adult. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to preach like, hey, this should be student ran when I'm over there overseeing everything. I just hope the torch gets passed. I'll always be a supporter of it. But I'm going mm-hmm. to go to the next level. I can't just do March for our lives for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? I have to go to the mm-hmm. next level. I have to join some kind of organization where I can. Like, you know, because I want to be a lawyer. So, like, 
my next step would be, <laughs> yeah, right? So, like, my next step would be different than, say, you know, staying as a protester your whole life. Because in honesty, in all honesty, the Washington, D.C. march was the technically the only one that mattered because there were so many people there. The rest of us, we're small potatoes. We're just sibling marches. And we do matter, but that one in Washington, D.C. was huge. And so what's it, is the, are we going to have one every year after that? Who's going to organize it? Is the passion going to fade? Because you know how the, the public is. It's a jump, then a slump right after a massacre. You know, it jumps like, oh, my God, you know, we got to fix this. And then it slumps when it comes to when it actually matters, which is the, you know, voting and elections and stuff like that. Because people focus more on, hey, can I sit down and have a drink with him rather than, hey, his policies look pretty good. So... <laughs> So do you see yourself do you see yourself going into politics? Probably. Probably. Really? I I really wouldn't want to. But national or local? I would start local. Definitely start local. Because you know, I care about my community. And then I would go national. I would take it easy because like you don't want to be that guy who's like the mayor was already eyeing like the governor's seat. Or you don't want to, like, great example, Christy. You don't want to be the guy who's eyeing like, you know, vice president or something in the Oval Office and then just totally forget about your state. Which yeah. did. He was like, I, you know, he was all in Trump's pocket. And people saw that and they're like, we're like, you're really going to leave us. Like, we get it. Your term's done. Fine. But focus on us right now. Don't focus on him. And, you know, that's what I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, I'm the governor, but I'm going to worry about that. I want to take everything slow. I don't even know if I want to go that big yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I definitely want people who not necessarily look like me, but are from my area and share my values and share my beliefs. And people, old people, especially Jersey City, I want them to have a voice that is reflective of them because we're a diverse group of people. And I love our mayor, but he's white. You know what I mean? And white people are the minority in Jersey City. But we want someone who understands, like, you know, who is diverse, who has some sort of, you know, ethnic background. We Definitely, I've heard this across the whole city, even in downtown, which is primarily white. And a lot of people like our mayor and a lot of people don't like him because they feel like he can't connect to the people of Jersey City. It is what it is, right? Yeah, so... You want someone who can represent you. That's why we elect officials, because we like them. We think they can represent represent us. You want to represent someone who's just you don't want to elect someone who doesn't represent you at all, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that would be me if I did run. Probably keep it small and then go. So the key message is to get out there and vote. That's the, oh, yeah. that's the true that's the true power in democracy. Oh yeah. We can scream as much as we want. We can chant as much as we want. You got to vote. Okay, you can't be on Twitter. Exactly. Um, share this. You have to go vote. You have to. That's why I don't like like social media that much. And I'm guilty of this, most definitely. Everyone is, but like, everyone has an opinion. Everyone. And like, I watch a show on uh, Viceland. It's called uh, "Hate Thy Neighbor" with Jamali Maddox. He's a yeah. comedian. Yeah, he's great, great, great show. So like, one he went to, uh, I think it was UC Berkeley, right? And they were having kind of like a free speech week. And we're thinking like, you know, me and you would think like, oh, free speech, like us, like good people. No, it was like people who were like are on the right 
and they have things like, you know, they're anti-gay and anti-this and anti-that, and they're going to have that guy. What's his name? Milo. You know what I'm talking about, right? Actually, uh, no, I don't. No, he's a, he's a gay guy. Um, he was, like, one of Bannon's lackeys. But he he's, like, super alt-right. Like, he loves the alt-right. Like, if you think of, like, a troll in human form, it's him. So, <laughs> no, it's, like, straight up. The dude is a troll. He, like, makes fun of gays, even though he's gay. He makes fun of blacks, even though he's black. He makes fun of everyone. And it's not, like, comedian make fun of him. It's, like, he means the stuff he says. So he was supposed to come there and speak. And all the rest of the people, like, you know, the left and the middle were like, no way, this guy's terrible. We don't want him speaking here. So that, you know, it's the right's always like, I want to say this. And the left's like, no, you can't say that. You can't live like that. That's what social media is. It's always the right saying something crazy and the left saying, no, you can't say that. That's why, like, you know, being a comedian and being on the left is kind of, like, a little weird. Because sometimes feminists come at me, you know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, people, were on the same side, but they come at me anyway because they think, I'm not allowed to say this, I'm not allowed to say that. If you write a good joke about something, you, you know what I mean? You could say it, you could project it. As long as you're not screaming hate speech into the mic, there has to be a point. Mm-hmm. There's always a point to our jokes. It's not like we just got up there and we just thought of it. We wrote this down. We spent time on this. So it's it's kind of weird. And the only way you can actually make a difference is not by saying you can't say this or you can't say that, is by voting. That is the only way. You will not elect the right person into office that holds your beliefs by retweeting his tweet. You have to vote for him or her. You have to. And that's, So... Yeah, go ahead. No, so do you have... Do you have a comedian that that is uh, you know that inspired you, do you that you that you kind of looked up to that got you started? Oof, for comedy or for like comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like a stand, like a, a stand-up comedian or or whoever got you started in comedy. It, it could be anybody. Well, I mean, my dad and mom were supportive of it. You know, my dad showed me my first comedy special at like twelve or thirteen. It was a Russell Peters, you know, his old stuff. And I, it was pretty funny. I liked it. But then, I, you know, I branched out. and I started making friends with uh, people who had, like, you know, the same kind of goal was to do it and actually go on stage and not just be fans of it. Um, and I found that in high school. I found my friend Ryan Roman, who I do a podcast with, the Youngins Podcast. You know, we started that together. And we both go to shows together. We perform together. And, you know, from there, my style has changed. It went from, like, Russell Peters to kind of, like, I don't know, it, it hops around. And there are a lot of people I look up to, a lot of comedians. Uh, Michael Che, he's huge. Jamali Maddox, like I already mentioned. And then the late-night comedians, you know, Seth Meyers, Trevor Noah. Like, they're great. Uh, John Oliver is huge. I love him. So, you know, they, like, looking up to comedians who happen to be on the left. You know what I mean? Like, most comedians are on the left. So, looking up to them, it's kind of, it's not, that also, like, kind of, for my political ideology and socialization because of I looked up to them and I watched their stuff, looked who they made fun of. So that kind of, you know, nailed in my political beliefs and kind of gave me the inspiration. Like, hey, maybe you should, uh, maybe you should go on stage. Maybe you should actually do something. And we started with open mics and then we started getting invited places. So, you know, it's been cool. I'm only 18. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's pretty cool to do stuff like that. Yeah. All right. 
Have you? Uh, so if I threw out a comedian's name and you just happen to form your opinion, let me see if you've heard of him. Sure. All right. Have you heard of uh, what, what's your take on Petey Green? Petey Green. I am, can't say I've heard of him. I'm sorry. All right. There's a good Netflix special on, on him, Petey Green. Check it out. See, like me, I'm weird, right? So, like, a lot of people are like, oh, yo, do you watch stand-up? Do you watch stand-up? I really don't. Does that make sense? Like, I'll watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it, it's it's not it's not stand-up. It's, um, he had a, a radio show. A radio show? Um, okay. Yeah, back in the day. He was a, a comedian. Petey Green? Hold on. Uh, his comedic style was just kind of talking life how it is, talking the truth. Oh, awesome. Uh. Yeah, so you know every every comedian has his own style, and he just he just tells it like it is, and so I don't know. I, I think you might like to check it out. It might 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 uh, inspire something for uh, the future generation because the so the the current generation right now that is is for the movement. Would you would you say is more on the left side of the house? Yeah. Okay, so that means that there's. Probably a lot more influence of art, music, um, pop culture, mm-hmm. uh, move, movies, etc. More of like a Renaissance generation. What would you What would you say to that? Yes, I agree. Um, there's so many signs. Um, even uh, Billy Eichner, he tweeted it out. He was like, "I always knew the drama club kids would save the world," which is kind of true. Like all these kids are like not necessarily drama, you know, drama club, but they do stuff. You know what I mean? They do stuff that, uh, like, stand-up. You know, they do, they sing. They have a podcast. They do stuff like that. So it's it's always, they're creating. And these kids always, since they create, and they have their own opinion, which they channel into their work, they're more likely to have an opinion that they will express, and which they have. And I agree with that. We have an influence from everything we watch. Like, me, it's been my television. Like, what I watch, what shows I watch, what channels I watch. With them, it's different, you know. What music you listen to, you know what I mean? Like, who do you go? Who con- Whose concerts do you go to? Like, if you listen to Green Day, there's a you know like a very, very, very low chance that you're a Republican, because the amount of times that they say "f Donald Trump" in their shows is unparalleled. Because I went to a show last year, and they're crazy. I love them, but you know, it it depends on what you get influenced by, and you're absolutely right. You know, these kids are influenced by movies and they're influenced by something they see. And so they run with it. So what would you say to so I'm 32. I was uh, we were listening to Green Day back in what junior high and high school. So like 20 years ago. Awesome. And so our our perspective of Green Day would be completely different. Um, I mean, I grew up in Texas and, uh, you know, through who I hung out with exactly, you know, product of my environment you know punk rock in the night you know junior high was mm-hmm. uh, you know kind of big for for that i guess our oh, generation yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah and so as we grew up you know people went on to high school college jobs and careers like i haven't even start, like followed green day in the last 10 years so my my <laughs> response to green my response to green day would be like the uh, uh dookie album or something yeah Duke, i love mess the last i love dookie mess the last that i remember of them yeah I'm, no man, I haven't had so I haven't had time to Dookie, yeah. yeah. So Dookie, like your opinion, exactly. You're right. Your opinion is different because Dookie was more kind of like teenage emotion and angst in one album. You know, like uh, Long Dude was like <laughs> about like like uh, masturbation and like you know like drinking and and you know 
It was a weird time. Yeah, exactly. And being different. The ni- the 90s was a weird time. Exactly. And they they embraced being different. So people had and plus the music they make slaps. Like it's really good. It's really fun to listen to even though like if you're not listening to the words it's awesome to listen to. But after that, the stuff they've released has been crazy. Like American Idiot was about the Bush administration. But the craziest part is you can listen to some of the songs and they describe this administration. Right. And that was a huge success. And then 21st Century Breakdown, where they had 21 Guns. Great, great album. I think one like record of the year or something. It was awesome as well. And then recently they released Revolution Radio, which has been kind of like a, a really like a nod to American Idiot, which is kind of like go out, do something, you know, F the government type thing. And when they go on tour, they're crazy. Like he has like a whole, you know, like the no Trump, no K, uh, no you know, KKK, No Fascist USA, that chant, they incorporate into their song. So they're completely politicized now. Like, before they were kind of like, eh, but like, now it's kind of like they make their music based on the politics around them. And it's been really good for them. So they're like the uh, 21st century, I guess you could say, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, actually, yeah. That I could have just condensed that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. No, no, it's good. The, the explanation in the background is good. It gives it legitimacy, you know. It's Yeah. They they you know, but the the message is something that resonates with people, you know. It really resonates with some uh because that it's exactly I guess you could say what Donald Trump did to rally the the majority the silent majority for the, you know, their hatred for whatever they were were putting out. Oh yeah. Because and so you know it's they you know they have to, there is a crowd that relates to that whether it's oh, yeah. obviously it's a, they didn't vote for it fifty percent or or less with the current establishment so exactly and like people like think like automatically like Republican they think suit and tie like when I think like Trump Republican I'm not thinking suit and tie like I'm thinking blue collar <laughs> like right away I'm not I'm thinking blue collar because those are the people that elect him because think of the things that he said. Like, I'm going to drain the swamp. Like, people, like, love when people say something like that. Because the swamp is, like, you know, the blob. They're all politicians and, you know, you know I don't know, aides and all that. That's carried on from administration to administration. And, you know, administration, no matter red or blue, would want them there because they're experienced. And, you know, they're kind of behind the scenes. But now, you know, he comes in. He's like, you know, I'm going to drain it. He is such unlike a politician and he spoke, like you said, to the silent majority because he he communicated his message properly. If he was, like, you know, eloquent in speaking and he was, like, blah, blah, blah. No, he was, like, screaming at his rallies. He was using, you know, language. He was doing everything that they, like, you know, gravitate towards. And they finally saw someone, like, yeah, he's wearing a suit and tie, but he relates to us. And I think he duped all of them because everyone forgets he's a New Yorker. So... I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think he knew. Exactly and you and you have a different association with New Yorkers because you're from Jersey, right? Exactly. So what 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 is what? Tell us about that 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 cross that that rivalry going on over there. What, what's going on over there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like our rivalry is with the Statue of Liberty because most it's like three quarters <laughs> in Jersey, right? But New York is like not, it's ours, and we're like, no, 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 no. This is like three. This is seventy percent percent ours. If this was anywhere else. This would be ours. And then 
New York Giants, New York Jets. Their stadium is in New Jersey. At least give us one team. I mean, they're both terrible. Just give us one. We'll take the Jets. We'll take the Giants. You know, New Jersey something. We have the Devils. It's a hockey team. Who watches hockey, man? Come on. I do. Uh, <laughs> I do. I, yep, I, you're speaking to one. I'm I, a huge hockey fan. I grew up playing hockey. Oh, man. I, I've been to a Devils game, and then I've been to a Rangers game. The Rangers games are way better. Hey, it's not for everybody, man. You know, I'm really kind of... Uh, like, you know, talked to me like five years ago, I was big into football, but now I'm like, eh, I'm more into baseball and hockey. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But, you know, it's just, it's just a whole rivalry. And then they call us dirty, right? And they're like, oh, you know, because of Jersey Shore, that stupid, stupid show. <laughs> oh my! Is that God. a black eye on Jersey? Dude, and that was just a kick in the nuts. It was such a terrible, terrible show. Like so bad. Like I watched half of one episode. I was like, that is, what is this? That's not us. And every single time I've gone on vacation, at least one of these smart asses has been like, hey, you from Jersey, right? I'm like, okay, first of all, <laughs> why would I speak like that? I'm a brown man. Second of all, all those people were from Staten Island. Every single one of them. Nah, one of them was from Jersey. Okay? You sent us the worst part of New York and threw them <laughs> on our shores. Like, they're, like Pete Davidson, one of my favorite comedians. He was from Staten Island. And he has said, if Staten Island dropped into the ocean, no one would miss them. Like, it's, like, so such a <laughs> terrible, terrible place. And they think that's Jersey because they sent their people over. They're so smart, man. They're so smart. So smart. They're on Staten Island Shore, right? They have Jersey Shore. And they sent Staten Islanders to come and be in the show. I thought that was smart, but it weakened us so much. Oh, my God. It's it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, did you see the roast of Donald Trump with the situation? Yeah. Now President oh, Donald Trump. My God, that was so stupid. I don't even know what he said. He was like, no one was laughing, like, because they're all comedians up there, and everyone's like, "Yo, what the hell is he saying?" He was like, oh, "I bet oh. you he was nervous. I oh, bet man. you I would have been nervous as he was. I know. Um, yeah, he was hammered and he was nervous." <laughs> I know that. Oh, um, oh, yeah, it's the impossible combination. Yeah, who's, who's the guy who went after him? Do you remember? It was like, uh, damn, he has that weird, weird name. Something something weird. Like, he's so funny, though. Like, he was like, yeah, uh, we'd like to thank the Pope for that great message. And I was, I was started. <laughs> oh, man. It was embarrassing to watch. Embarrassing to watch. And I feel so bad for the whole cast. Like, you guys did it to yourselves, of course. I feel bad for that whole cast. It was like forever. Like no matter what you do, what you try to do, people are going to be like, hey, weren't you on the Jersey Shore? Like that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's unfortunate. They have no formal education. You know, they didn't want to do anything else after that. You know, like uh, what's her name? Emma Watson, right? She did Harry Potter. So like instead of being known, hey, aren't you Hermione Granger for the rest of your life? She went to like Brown. She got her, you know, she got her degree and stuff, and then she came back to acting. So, like, you know, if acting world is like a piece, she has a backup, which is, like, so smart. I think that's the smartest thing ever, and that's good for, you know, little girls everywhere. Like, oh, you know, you just don't have to be the actress. You know, you can be the genius, too. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, of course, and I, I would um, I would even recommend that to even this current generation that is in, I guess, uh, battles with deciding whether to go to college or whether to start their own business because it's easier than ever because the internet and social media, you guys have the eyes and the following 
and you could start a business with somebody saying, okay. hey, you agree with, you know, something that I want to do. Let's make a deal. Oh, yeah. And you have that you can monetize on that situation now so that you can sustain the movement at least until 2020. I think if you guys put March for Our Lives 2020 on it, mm. you could push vote 2020 all day. And that would really push because the, at, at the end of the day, the message is across the board. Oh, you yeah. have to vote. You have to vote. You have to. You have no choice. Like, if you are preaching, hey, you know, I'm this and I'm that and uh, we love the movement, blah, blah, blah. Great. Vote. Like, I need you to vote. I need you to vote. No matter left or right, I need you to vote. And I need you to vote for the candidate that is for us. And that's why in my speech I made at the rally, I didn't mention, you know, an organization. I didn't mention a party. I said, if you were a politician and you are taking donations from the NRA, shame on you, regardless of your party. You know what I mean? You could be Whig, you could be whatever. I don't care. If you're taking it, shame on you. Because there are Democrats who take them. Like Joe Manchin, he's a Democrat only by party. Because he's in a state that Trump won by, like, I forgot, like, a double-digit percentage point. So he needs to appeal, because he's in his re-election season, he needs to appeal to the people. So he's, like, flip floppity on so many issues and he, do- he definitely takes donations from the NRA and he's a Democrat. So either side, stop doing that. You know what I mean? So if it's Democrat running against Republican, the Republican just happens to be like, Oh, you know, I'm, I just want, you know, common sense gun laws, that, which is going to happen on both sides. Come the 2020 election. I promise you that is going to be one of the biggest things they have. This election was immigration and terrorism. The next election is definitely going to be gun control. And the second one, I, I, I want to say, I don't know, jobs maybe, but it's going to, gun control is going to be on there. They're going to, be, they're going to get so many questions about that. They're going to have to run their campaigns on gun control. Like when abortion takes a back seat, you know the issue is supremely volatile. And it's going to stay that way until something happens. So what would you say to... Just hypothetically, if we were if we were just going to brainstorm an idea for the movement to have a goal for a short term victory that would second and third order effect, possibly long term success and put a 2020 date on it to go at what America sees as the highest office in the land. Yeah. And if you just make sure that you do not uh, continue the current status quo and if there is somebody else arises that is the one that you can get behind the most to affect short-term success. Yeah. Because uh, it is yeah. right. It is right around the corner. I mean, it's, okay. it's almost halfway through 2018, mm-hmm. the, you know, the primaries and everything are all these elections are coming up, yep. but 2020, 2020 is when it would be, you know, a great success for the movement. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. Huge success. And I feel like not only would it be for our movement, it would be for all movements. Because if anything came from the Obama administration, it was that it pissed off the silent majority. A black president? Really? No way. And like, bro. And then Trump came in and he took away everything. Like, you know, transgender rights, gay rights. Like he, this 2020 not only will be for, you know, gun reform, common sense gun reform. It is going to be for everyone. We need a candidate, preferably Kamala Harris 
who just knows what they're doing. Like, I feel like she would be great to run for president because she she's well versed in everything. And, you know, to give Trump credit, he's making it easy for all of them. You know, he's he says possibly the worst things any politician could say. Right. Because he wants to communicate them like a, a human, which is OK. But that gives these politicians, Democrats especially, who are seasoned and like have been there for a while, so much ammunition to use in 2020. It's going to be ridiculous. Like if he wins, I'm going to be very surprised. But then again, I won't be because, you know, the silent majority. But there are a lot of Republicans who are turning on him, too, because, again, he's not a traditional politician. So we need a good candidate who can actually beat him, like who can actually go for him, because we need this win. Not for just us, but for everyone. So coming from, say, a different perspective of the country, um, say the veteran population who has been wronged in the, the recent future. Very. Oh, yeah. At least. I mean, we could say we could argue all the way back to the 70s. We could even argue that the military has been uh, some sort of uh, medical experiment or something, you know, as the conspiracy theorists out there would say. The medical oh, yeah. experiment for biological warfare, you know, just sending our, our our sons and daughters off to war for no reason. So with, with the current issues and with all the ammunition that people may have, whether it's conspiracy theory or not against the current administration um, to affect that reelection, the people that are aware of the things that are affecting their lives that are in large pockets or, or, or not realize that something needs to happen. So it's not just, something that they can politicize like immigration or one of these, you know, strict, like, this is our stance on this. Like it's old party politics. I think that, that the people have maybe forgotten that something that will really unite the country could real, I mean, arguably end the war. We have forgotten that there is a war still going on in this country. Oh yeah. What would you, what would you say to that? Uh, First of all, I would just like to address the veterans thing you said. They have been... It's ridiculous. We cannot ship men and women off overseas, make them do the, like, the scariest shit that none of us would ever do. You know what I mean? And then over here back home, be like, oh, we thank you, you know, Pledge of Allegiance, National Anthem, right? We are disrespectful if they come back and we forget about them. Supremely disrespectful. And we all are. Because they come back injured. They come back you know, not physically injured, but mentally. They come back broken. And we forget about them. We forget about them. Veterans becoming homeless, you know, becoming unemployed, that is ridiculous. That should not happen. Because, first of all, a man in a suit, along with other men and women in suits, were like, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to take you. We're going to throw you over here. And you guys are going to do this. And, okay, good luck, you signed a contract. No, that is not how it works. We need to end this war. We need to end all wars. I'm not saying, like, you know, we should be that country with no military. Because we are America, and someone always is going to try to screw with us. That is true. But that we need to take care of our soldiers. Because you cannot send someone to a country, have them do, like, the scary shit ever, come back, and forget about them. That's ridiculous. Because veterans do feel... Like, they've been forgotten because they have. And he spoke to them, and he spoke to them, and he related to them, and they felt good about themselves. And true to form, Trump, his new, um, you know, the 
the budget plan, he increased um, spending to Veterans Affairs. And I commend him on that because he kept his promise one. And that should have been done with Obama. That should have been done with Bush. That should have been done with Clinton. That should have been done with everyone. Each presidency, that funding should go up. Because if you notice, each presidency, we have more wars. We send more troops. So it can't be at 12% or 3% for 20 years. It has to move up. Because if you're going to send more troops, you better compensate them when they come back. Because that's ridiculous. We need to end this war. We need a candidate who's going to be like, you know what? You know, common sense gun reform. You know, you know, I'm cool with DACA. I'm cool with this. I'm cool with that. But let's not forget our own people that we send off to do terrible things. Bring them back and forget about them. That is ridiculous. We need jobs for our veterans. We need housing for our veterans. We need to make sure they get the proper care physically and mentally because you cannot leave because my father's a veteran. You know what I mean? You cannot do that. You cannot because my dad, thankfully, he came back okay. But there are dads out there. There are uncles out there. There are moms out there that have not come back okay. So we cannot forget about them. And I'm glad you brought that up. All right. Well, I'm glad you feel that way because some some people, they they don't really like to touch the veteran issue because they haven't been affected. But uh, that's I think that's the that's the message, because everything that we have been talking about is just impacts on one human's life versus another's who is cohabitating this rock in this universe. Mm -hmm. We all have we all have different impacts in this life, but we all can agree on a lot of things that uh, as we have said so far through throughout this entire entire everything that we've been talking about is just that change needs to happen and that we can agree on it and politics really could kind of take a back seat and people could realize that the next person that can affect that kind of a change is going to want to be the I guess awoken man you know so he's a he's 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 empathetic and yeah. he realizes culture and everything that is going on around him that everybody is trying to just make it in this life what okay. would you say to that i agree we're all human and politics need to take a back seat because we can't we can't forget that we're all human and i agree with you 100 we all occupy the planet we all need to be good to this planet you know what i mean global warming is a thing and i it is a thing it's not if you believe you don't it is a thing like it's scientifically proven that it's a thing so we need to make sure, one, we take care of the planet. And in Trump's budget plan, he cut funding to the EPA. So that's not cool at all. And we need to make sure we take care of each other because we can't keep killing each other. You know what I mean? Because like, if you watch any dystopian, if you read any dystopian book, if you watch any apocalyptic movie, at least one line in there by one person is, you know, we have to take care of each other because, you know, this is the rest. This is it. This is the end. Like The Walking Dead. Like right now, they keep warring with each other. And it keeps being brought up like, hey, you know, we're the last of humanity. Are you sure we want to kill each other? Because at the end of the day, we need our children to survive. We want this planet to be back to where it was. And I hope this planet never gets to a point where we're like, you know, let's go to war. Let's kill each other. That's why people keep threatening World War Three, and people talk about it nonchalantly. Like, you need to understand if we go to World War Three, the technology we have now this rock, like you said, will never return to where it was. Hiroshima and Nagasaki, still nothing. Chernobyl, still nothing. If we go to war with anyone, I don't care whoever it is, and we use nuclear weapons, it's over. There's no coming back from that. 
So not we, just we, to we, mention we, how many they tested out in the ocean before they exactly. had to take it under underground somewhere. It's I mean, so it's my 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 point of view would say, and I, I, maybe you could I, I could get a lot of agreements on this is that when you're at the higher levels of uh, I guess you could say the the chain of command for lack of a better term. Yeah. And which is, which is the presidency and Congress, uh, mostly Congress. Um, and that's what people don't realize. It's, it's, it's not just the president. The, the Congress has the real Supreme power, which is provided by votes. Uh, it's about, <laughs> so yeah. that, that's another, 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 uh, argument against that. Anyways. Um, what were we just talking about? I just lost it. <laughs> uh, the environment. And when you're the higher ups, you were saying, Yes. So their point of view is strategic because they have to look at the other countries and, you know, what is going to impact the country as a whole. Oh, they yeah. aren't really at, they aren't aware, I guess you could say, because of the polls uh, or the information that is relayed to them because it is the federal government. They, they judge it by numbers as opposed to people. And they're gambling with people's lives with nuclear ho- holocaust. And I, I've never heard anything like like this before and I, i'm just amazed that people's lives are being put on the line because they, they just want to succeed over another country for whatever reason yeah what would you say to that what would you say to that shame on you you don't do that something like that come on man first of all if you have a problem with a country doesn't mean america has a problem with that country you are an elected official you choose you know what i mean you choose what problem you have you choose where to send our troops not us. If we could all vote on a war, you know what I mean? Because, like, politicians come, like Hillary, right? She was like, oh, I didn't support the war in Iraq, or the war in China. We're like, she, she comes out and she says now. Like, I didn't support it. But then she did. Like, did anyone ask us? Like, any of us? Did anyone ask the soldiers? Like, hey, how do you guys feel for being there for the next 20 years? No one asks us. If you were about to go to war with the country, I think you should at least ask the American public. Like, and then they're common sense things, like the day after Pearl Harbor. Common sense. The whole country would have been like, yeah, we should probably go. That was an attack on us. Yes. 9-11. Yes. But come on. Like, you have to think before you start making terrible, terrible, terrible plans to send our troops or send our weapons to somewhere when at the end of the day, we're hurting the planet and ourselves. We're going to lose lives and we're going to lose the planet that we have. Just because we were put here doesn't mean it's ours. We have to cultivate it for the next generation. And honestly, I really don't think humans are going to be around in 100 years. So we got to make sure the animals can at least sustain some type of living while we're gone. So we need to change, obviously, what we're doing to the environment with the current status quo of mass commercial agricultural farming that is just degrading the soil in the a lot of areas of the country based on influence from federal subsidies from the company known as Monsanto and uh, it's brutalizing parts of the country. And it's not just Monsanto. I'm not going to involve certain people, but there there are certain things that are going on that, that really truly affect, um, like you said, second and third order effects is where our food comes from because we have to sustain, we have to sustain living a life, but we have to feed it. And, you know, if, if, uh, you know, these practices are continued for, uh, short-term profits uh, versus long-term benefits. There are areas that are doing it right. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, commercial farming uh, is starting to make a an inward approach to greenhouses. 
Uh, I've seen I've seen pictures of a, a million square foot greenhouse somewhere. I think it was in California. Don't quote me on that. I mean, it's what what would you are you aware of, um, you know, the, I guess the food aspect? Is that something that, you know, you would pay attention to or have you paid attention to that? Um, Of course, I've paid I've paid attention to it. I wouldn't be as well versed as I am in other topics, but I agree with you. You know what I mean? Um, We have to see where we're getting our food from one and we have to make sure we're doing everything correctly for the environment but also like that's why i always like native american culture like they always did something like if they killed a whale they made sure that whale lasted for like a year you know what i mean if they killed like they used all parts of the animal they used all around them they tried to make it work and i think we should really really try to do that because you know I'm not going to be crazy and, you know, because if it was my opinion, you know, I don't think we should have fast food. I don't think we should have stuff like that. I think we should all just take care of the environment and put in what we take out. But that that's not going to happen. That's just my opinion. But if we're going to be honest here, if you are a fast food company, if you are a large corporation, if you like you said, the agricultural farming, if you're a large corporation like that, you need to be put in check by the government. Because, again, me and you would rather live in a world where that stuff wasn't around. But we have to be realistic as well. And I think the government needs to put a huge, huge check on them. Like, if you're doing this, we're going to check you, like, every three months. The EPA just lost funding. Like, that is not the direction we need to be going in. We need to increase funding. We need to put these large corporations in check. If it means tax them more, and they're like, screw you, I'm not, you know, building my headquarters in Jersey, fine, leave. I don't want you here anyway. But I think every state should be like, no, you have to pay this much and you have to abide by our rules because if they are not put in check, we are totally screwed because they've we've seen a history where they haven't been put in check. Correct. And they've mm-hmm. ruined the environment. They've ruined it and they don't care. Like uh, the dump spaces. What are they called? The landfills where they put the chemicals. Mm-hmm. Those shouldn't be a thing. Why are we like people are like, oh, yeah, let's keep it away from people. Let's throw it into the land. But then people forget like cities around them you know where where uh, large factories are and they're ruining the environment polluting the earth the peoples in those surrounding towns get terrible diseases cancer terrible things i so, yep. yeah i was forgot what show it was it was a while ago. it was like toxic cities or something like that and jackson mississippi was one of them and like almost everyone there knew someone had someone or had it themselves die or live with cancer or some type of other disease that was only related to the huge corporations that were right across the river to them. So it's like you said, like, what can we do to them? We personally can't do anything, but we can put pressure on Congress like, hey, check them, check them now, check them a lot, because this is the environment we're talking about. And you need to put them in check. And I'm not going to be crazy and be like, yo, like, no one take a shower for like a week and let's all go live in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) That's never going to happen. But we need to put these large corporations in check because, sure, you know, our cars pollute and they're saying, like, you know, no, don't idle the engine, right? They tell us don't idle the engine. Shouldn't corporations have a law like that? And shouldn't it be stricter? Because if we're going to be honest here, if we're going to talk about cars, that's a Hummer, right? And we're, like, kind of like a smart car. So if we idle, it's like whatever. If they idle, they're going to ruin everything. So they need to be put in check a lot, and I think that's that would be the step too. We need a candidate who will bring all of that to, to you know, the attention of the people because people forget about that. Like me, you, and a couple of people, we're like, you know, we're we're well versed in it and we care about it. 
a lot of people forget. A lot of people forget that the environment's a thing because they're, you know, invested in another topic like abortion or gun control or something like that. But also don't forget about everything else. Don't forget about the veterans. Don't forget about the environment. Don't forget about a lot of things. But people tend to do. And that's just the society we live in, right? So what do we yep. do? We just got to put pressure so, on the right people. Yep. So, so going back to the movement, uh, keeping keeping Congress in check to keep, you know, all these things going with everything that is affecting everybody, because going back to the environment, you know, if you live in the large urban areas, just because it doesn't affect you, you know, what the, the policies are for, you know, cleaning the environment. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not affecting somebody else, you exactly. know, because your re- your region is not like somebody else's region. Like the, the culture in Arizona is completely different than it is in Boston. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so something going back to the movement. Um, to make sure that that movement and the voice of that movement for what it stands for, for the preservation of life, ending the war, gun reform, what, what have you, uh, whatever that the message is, it's just pretty much for, for life. Uh, that rally in DC could be an annual thing. And I saw, um, I think it was on your social media, the guy Fox magazine or uh, uh, mask. Um, I'm a big fan of the V for Vendetta. I love that movie. Yeah. And he got he got everybody in the movie, you know, and that's the thing. It's like our generation was influenced by media movies like, you know, Terminator 2 and all that stuff. You yeah. know, that, that was the the 90s and the 2000s. It was all media. And just with the dot com boom and, you know, everything that we have instantly at our fingertips is molding everybody, you know, how they mm-hmm. form their daily opinions. So the V for Vendetta movie, as you're I don't know if you're aware, I'm sure you've seen it. Have you seen it? I saw it like once, but I was kind of younger, and I thought the mask was yeah. cool, so that always, you know, stuck with me. So the 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 movie is um, a gentleman who calls himself V. Uh, he's, I guess, you could say, a vigilante in the eyes of the government, mm-hmm. but he's a, a revolutionary. I, I see him as a revolutionary because he's standing up for good, and what he stands for is Guy Fox and the history of the of Guy Fox and remember, remember the fifth of November. Mm-hmm. So you could even go one further and get this as like a tagline or something of the movement to remind people that revolution or revolutionary mindset, nonviolent is possible. And you could keep that alive with a date, with a time, with a goal, you know, 2020, you could do a March in November in 2018. And then another rally in DC, uh, you know, everybody in Guy Fox mask because everybody wears a mask on online when they interact with people because <laughs> yeah. I mean, people don't, people don't know everybody. They don't know who they are unless they, they know that person, you know? Oh. And so it, it pe- people have to realize that when they come into contact with somebody th- that they're, they're coming into contact with, with a, a person that they've never met before. And, you know, no stereotypes, no nothing, just meet this person and talk with them. I mean, so the message is just keeping that alive so that there is a nonviolent approach so you could give, the movement long-term goal and long-term success with a, 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 I guess, a desired end state, if you will, for a short-term success, like what we were talking about. What, what would you think? Would you participate in a rally uh, every year? I mean, whether it includes Guy Fox Mass or not, if it's an annual, you know, you can associate it with the movement and it's like, let's get people here. Let's see how much power we have. Oh, yeah. I, I most definitely will. That's what they do with the Women's March, correct? Like, it, it has to be all around because then again, people forget and it's a shame. And I think you're right. I think we can't just march every year, every year, every year, every year, just 
to bring awareness. I think there needs to be long-term and short-term goals. The long-term goal is 2020. We need someone. We need someone who's going to help us. All people, you know, all, you know, of these different things we mentioned, but also our movement, right? And then we need, like, short-term, put pressure on, you know, assemblyman, mayor, something like that, you know, congressperson, senator, stuff like that. And short-term, you know, their elections come up too. So, like, if they're not cooperating, vote them out. That's it. You get vote someone else in, and that's at the local level, and that's at your state level. And then for our national level, we have to make sure that we pull up to the polls. Because you can't say, just because you don't like, like Hillary, that's why it gets me so angry. Just because Bernie was better doesn't mean Hillary wouldn't have been good for America. Sure, she was supremely unlikable. I'll give you that. But look what we got left with, right? You know what I mean? Because you, you, you didn't want to go to the poll. Because you were like, you know what? No, it's not Bernie, so I'm not going to go. Stop being a little child. Stop being spoiled. Go to the poll. Regardless if you will, that's why it always gets me when someone's like, oh, can I sit down and have a drink with them? Who cares? Because that's never going to happen. I need you to vote for them, not just because of a single topic, but because of one overall and two, because they want some sort of common sense in this country. It doesn't even have to be gun reform. It has to be common sense in general. All right. Common sense. So common sense when it, uh, when one of the issues would be um, immigration. I, I think what would you say to I think immigration has been given a bad face because of mass media. Oh, yeah. What would you say? Well, immigration is more of a cry for uh, securing our borders from whatever could possibly come in. Yeah. So my my deep, well, I guess you could say my, what I heard from that, re- reading between the lines, I guess you could say, is that they are worried about everything that's coming in. So with all of the armed forces that have been trained to protect and support and defend the Constitution of the United States that are now scattered throughout the globe, can, I mean, what would you say if in the near future somebody comes and does to us what we did to the Native Americans? Yeah. Are we really, are we, are we really that protected? You're right, and that's uh, karma at its finest. Do you do you do you think that the veterans would probably like to come home and train and protect their neighbors, and maybe that would instill a different mindset of humanity? I know it might sound all woo woo and peace and and you know end the war, but that's I mean just think about it. Yeah, I mean I mean you're absolutely right, and these veterans won't want to do jack shit for us if we don't treat them correct, right? We don't... Because they're people at the end of the day, too. Yeah, exactly. They, have a, they, they go home, they have their problems. Exactly. Just like you have yours. You know, any, anybody that you come across, uh, cross paths with us on the street, at any given moment, they have whatever is facing them, and they, they could have something going on that you have never even heard of. Exactly. And it's sad, yes, but also we need to, we need to pay attention. Because like you're saying, it could happen to us, so we need to pay attention. And... In regards to immigration, I feel like they're, they don't want the bad stuff coming in, yes. But, like, my stance on immigration is, like, I'm not, you know, a fan of illegal immigration, right? I'm not a huge fan of, like, you know, sneaking in and not obeying protocol because exactly. my parents, uh-huh. I, my, my parents yeah, I agree were with you. immigrants, right? And now they're citizens, but they were immigrants at one point, and, like... They have to wait a long, long time to get their visa and get all that. They have to wait, you know, and but they did. They did wait. And I think that 
you should apply for it the right way. And I'm, you know, it's sad that, you know, the country that people are immigrating from are, is not doing so well. So they want to go to a new country for a better life. But, you know, you see people forget that when they, you know, they sneak in, right. It's not, they're taking our jobs because none of us want to work those jobs. Let's be honest here. No one wants to be a dishwasher. No one wants to be like, uh, you know, picking your own fruits. No one wants to do that. So it's not like they're stealing our jobs. So I think that, that that's an invalid argument. What I think is happening is they make their money and then they leave. Because I've spoken to a lot of illegal immigrants from Guatemala, from Mexico. And I've spoken to them and they're like, no, yeah, like my end plan is I'm going to get this money here working as a pizza man, working as a dishwasher. And then I'm going to go back home because back home, I'm a millionaire with this money. And yes. I get that, but you can't do that, mm-hmm. especially if you snuck in illegally. You're not paying taxes, one, and you're getting bread like the rest of us are, but you're not paying taxes, so that's unfair to us. And I'm not one for closed borders. Don't do not do something like that. Like, you know, yeah, build the wall. Like, people think, like, oh, he doesn't want legal immigrants in. I think fortifying our borders a little more because the Border Patrol clearly way in over their heads. I don't think that's a bad idea. We should fortify our borders, most definitely, because – not not only is that you know that young mom with her kid coming through but also is like pounds and pounds of coke which ruin um, you know communities nationwide so we have to be careful illegally illegally that can happen i'm all for legal immigration that's how my parents got here without legal immigration i wouldn't be here but i'm not a huge fan think- of the illegal one I, I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, there, there, there is something that could be looked at differently when it comes to our immigration policy. But, but on the good side of immigration, just like what we were talking about, is the there was a the 30 Seconds to Mars video, uh, music video for Walk on Water. They have a really interesting uh, way of delivering the message. They got everybody across America over one day to submit a video or some sort of uh, some sort of message that, you know, what, why do you appreciate America? Because it seems like Mr. Leto is a patriot. Yeah. And, and so that it, but uh, I, which I agree with the message, 4th of July, you know, our independence. And that's a big thing for, you know, red blooded American patriots, I guess you could say, but you know, they're kind of, they feel wronged where I guess the Republic is going, but the, the quote in the video um, mentions it's over 90% of Americans can trace their heritage to an immigrant. We're all immigrants. Oh yeah. The next the next generation is I mean it's there is no face to a certain crowd anymore. It's everybody is because of travel and um, information flow that people can get on planes at a moment's notice and travel the world if they want to and they're coming across people that they have never seen before in their lifetime. And it's inner, you know, throughout the the years it's just molded into what it is today. It's just we're just, you know, humans, you know, crossing each other's paths and whatever happens. And, you know, that's where we're at. So, no, exactly. everybody's in it. Everybody's an immigrant. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's a great argument for DACA. You know what I mean? Like, even though I'm not a fan of illegal immigration, I still think if these kids came here, were born here, have lived their whole life here, it would be terrible, inhumane to send them back to a country, one that they have no idea about, right? Because they have never visited. Because usually these kids don't visit because, you know, they're kind of in the limbo because they're DACA recipients. And I've talked to DACA recipients, and they've let me know, like, yes, like, right now my life is in a limbo. 
You know what I mean? Because of, you know, all the controversy surrounding it. So I really think that if you can't, sure, your parents got you here illegally, right? But that's not your fault, right? You were in, you know, now you can't deport the parents either. You have to, you have to do this right. Because if you fortified your borders to begin with, they wouldn't be here. So this is, they're technically a product of your mistake. So now that you made the mistake and you didn't want to fortify it, you can't fix it later because these people have already made their lives here. They have already, you know, lived their kids, especially have lived their whole lives here. So you can't you can't go back and be like, oh, wait, uh, no, you got to leave now because I just realized you guys got here illegally. Like, you can't do that. You should have fixed that in the beginning. And that's why if you're going to fortify the wall now, if you're going to do everything right now, you have to make sure something like that doesn't happen again. Because if that's what you want to do, you, can, you can't repeal something that people have been living here for the whole time. You can't do that. That's wrong. That's your mistake. You guys, regardless of what administration it was, you guys need to make sure that you're on top of your shit when it comes to illegal immigration. And if people get through and they have families and they live here for their whole lives, you can't get rid of them now. That's wrong. You should have handled this in the beginning. And that's why I think DACA needs to stay around and these kids need to be treated equally. Because that's wrong. That's that they shouldn't be, you know, punished because the government couldn't fortify the walls. And it's also are you know, you know, the parents were illegal. Yes. But clearly they thought they had a chance to get into America. So they took the chance and illegally immigrated. If we had that thing where we have. Yeah. Hello. Hey. All right. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I just think. You can't do that. What do you think? Like, if they've already come here, they really built their lives here. You can't, like, get white out and try to get rid of them now. It's too late. So, my thought process on that one is more of a historical one. I think it goes back to churches that people were already here in the first place. That generation over over time, you know, that culture that, you know, whoever the, the natives were to this, this land, um, you know, because I think that the border thing is ridiculous. Uh, you know, what, what would, I, I honestly, I, I've, I've heard the argument for maybe possibly doing the North America union. What would you think about that? If we just got rid of the borders and it was Canada, the States and Mexico, we would adopt a different form of currency, maybe reinst- reinstall the barter system. What do you think about that? That'd be cool. I mean, I, I don't see a problem with that. It was, I really wish that would be, I mean, that would be really cool because, like, that's a huge chunk of real estate. You know what I mean? That's more opportunities for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, Canada might need some sort of, that's what, exactly, the barter system. Canada might need something. And Mexico might have it. You know what I mean? America might need something and Canada might have it. So, that way, the regions would be set up in a way and we'd adopt our own currency, right? I think that would be pretty cool. That would be really cool, but I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, that that's a good, right? yeah, yeah. I could see that going. You have a meeting with President Trump and say, "Hey, sir, what do you think about this?" Yeah, he'd, right. probably sit, <laughs> he'd probably sit there and laugh. Yeah, he'd probably be like, uh, "Well, nice knowing you. I'm gonna leave now." So, uh, like, hey, I don't can you get Jeff? Se- can you get Jeff Sessions to legalize cannabis? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> oh yeah, like, man. Who knows? Who knows? Well, so really like what we talked about today. So uh, I think what people can can get away from this, the big key takeaway would be 
we want to protect America because Americans are who Americans are. And there's more coming in every day and they're leaving and travel. They're leaving and traveling all the time. So why don't we protect the people that come here who want to get a job, who want to pay their taxes and let them feel protected? Because why would they come here when their kids get shot up at school? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. I mean, people who come here legally, they don't want to worry about that. Because then not only is there a there's a fear they might get shot up, they're already living with another fear. You know what I mean? Like people really don't like immigrants, even if they're legal, illegal. Right. So people tend to, you know, hurl hate speech. So if they see a school shot up of white kids born and raised in America, what are they going to think if, say, they're a Muslim immigrant? You know what I mean? Especially with the rhetoric Trump has or a Mexican immigrant or, you know, an Indian. Like, what are they going to feel? They're, they have a whole nother wave of fear to that. Like, we're lucky in a way because we're American, right? And we were born and raised here. We know America. But they're coming new. And they, this is one of the first things they see. They're going to be scared out of their minds. And I think we need to work harder to fortify our schools and, you know, make sure everyone feels welcome. American, immigrant, whatever it is. Because schools are for learning. Education is key. Educate yeah. that's another thing. Because if you get food for you food for the, the for the body through sustainable farming for fifty years from now, one hundred years from now, what is the environment going to look like when my kids are thirty years from now? What are their kids' environment going to look like? I mean, are we going to... Hello? And a geography on the map of the globe. Uh, Lance, your voice cut off, like... For a few seconds, like ten seconds. Okay. You wanna just go from uh my takeaway. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what's the environment going to look like yeah. whenever the kids are thirty years old and their kids, my grandkids, you know, because that's that's going to happen. That's that's the, just the cycle of uh, of life on on this planet. You know that we are going to die, and it's just how do we leave it behind us, and what is our legacy? And what would you recommend? I mean, would you have a message for your fellow um, revolutionaries that their legacy is starting right now? Oh, yeah. Um, I'd just like to say thank you. You know what I mean? Because I've always been politically involved, right? And I've always been one. Like with stand-up, kid, people, like with me, I was a fan. And then I was like, you know what? F it. I'm going to my open mic. I have my set. I'm going to do it. Kind of like I was already politically involved. It's kind of like, huh. Where do I go? Because, like, not a lot of student organizations. I could join the ACLU. I could join Moms Demand Action. Where are the kids? Where are people like me? Sadly, it took 17 lives to be lost for kids to stand up and be like, listen, you know what, Tom, now this is enough. You don't even go to a school, and you're not even accommodating us. That's ridiculous. We're going to do something about it. So I thank them for standing up, having the balls to say, you know what, eh, no. We're not doing that. I, I thank them. And they inspire people like me. And with me, it's, it's the, my message is to them is to keep fighting, regardless of what they hurl at you. 
They keep hurling nonsense at you. Like, I really wish the NRA hurled something at me. I wish I could take some of that heat off of them. I'm not going to retaliate because I don't argue with idiots. But i rather just have some of the heat they're taking. Because, like, come on. They called Emma, like, a, a lesbian skinhead. Like, who does that? These are kids. Like, you don't do that, man. And honestly, you can't tell us to act like kids because our parents pester us incessantly. Don't respond to trolls. Don't respond to trolls. Don't respond to trolls. Do not troll someone on national television and they get angry when they release like a, a prof, with uh, you know a video with profanity. Like you just called her a skinhead and for just because she's gay and just because she's bald. Like you're ridiculous. That's unfair. That's terrible. And that doesn't even make any sense because skinheads are racist. She's Hispanic. She's a lesbian. She is far from it. So I don't. I don't get it. Terrible. Terrible. Terrible thing. But I want them to keep fighting. Yes, people are going to hurl things at you. Yes, people are going to say things about you. But keep fighting. We are behind you. For every one person who calls you a skinhead, there is one of me calling you our savior. Because you're doing a great thing. And you've been leading us tirelessly. And we're not going to stop. If you guys feel like one day, like, hey, you know what? We need a break. You know, I want to get out of the spotlight. You may do it. Because like you said, like, you know, you, the quote you brought up earlier, you can, you know, you can't change the revolution. You can change the revolutionary and they can, they can leave. They can get arrested. They can just, you know, God forbid, pass away. The revolution's not going anywhere. I didn't organize yeah. it in March just to, oh, Emma died. I don't know what I'm going to do. Emma left. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep going. And she would want me to keep going. And all of them would. So that's what we got to do. Uh, to them, I just say, don't worry about the heat that you're getting. Yeah, I actually... I actually, uh, I misspoke. I think it's the quote is, you can jail a revolutionary, but you can't jail a revolution. Exactly, exactly. So the meeting place for maybe some advice for um, the knowledge seekers, the youngsters that are very book smart, that that audience, if they're listening, uh, because we're trying to reach everybody, you know, because everybody is everybody. We want to talk about anything that somebody else might be thinking. Be like, man, I never really thought about it that way. But yeah. this generation that is, you know, in social media and is paying attention to voice, radio, print a lot more than the older generation because everything has gone digital. How about everybody goes to where what traditionally, you know, my the millennial generation was told by our parents was uh, just go to school, get a job, pay your bills and survive. Oh, yeah. But why not go to school and fight that battle as, as well? It's a march for your lives because of the amount of student loan debt that is in this country is unfathomable Oh yeah, for a student to have. Oh, yeah. But you could fight that, uh, that against them, against the establishment, and use it to your power and gain knowledge and unif- meet with people because you're going to grow older. People are going to change your tastes, your flavors, your type of music, your clothes. Oh, yeah everything's going to change. But if you meet people, that is what matters. And if you can affect the person for a movement and you can show that you're doing it the right way, because going back to the quote, you can jail a revolutionary, but you can only jail a revolutionary if he's doing something illegal. So you have to know the law. You have to know your, you have to know your enemy. Oh yeah. And And I agree with you completely. And there are programs in this country. There are uh, colleges in this country that offer legit, like, sure, they don't have a protesting degree, but they have a social change program. They have, you know, a, you know, something like that. You could, you could, that's what I applied to, those programs. Like, you know, social change, stuff like that. 
because, you know, civil rights law is important. And sadly, we still need to have it in 2018. But exactly. If, if because those establishments. Get, yeah. Those yeah. establishments are, are there specifically to help with training those jobs, you know, because or else where would they get the knowledge? They have to exactly. do it by themselves. They go through exactly. a specific regimen, you know, to be engineers and scientists. I honestly I, I think that science isn't pushed enough. I think that science is real. Science is real truth. It is a question and you find out whether it works or not. It's yes or no. So yeah, I, it's I not think up it's, for, yeah, it's not up for debate because I agree with you. Science is really important because science can really it can really open the future for us because with the pharmaceutical drugs, uh, with every side effect that you hear on every commercial, I even heard of one is you could have a side effect of getting cancer. And I, I just I laughed. I, I could not believe it. Um that is being pushed in front of our children, in front of our faces on a daily basis. But it's good because a lot of people are moving away from mainstream cable to streaming, but they're still kind of doing it. But people as a whole over this, you know, couple decade period of Netflix and streaming. And, you know, we saw the, the fall of Blockbuster that people oh, yeah. are getting people are getting the information that they want that is shaping their life. You know what I mean? And they they just want to feel safe at home to do to do it. Oh, yeah. And. I think what you have to say is that's profound. And that makes sense. Like the fall of Blockbuster, like not many kids my age remember Blockbuster, but my mom used to take me. We used to get, you know, CDs and, you know, way before it was, you know, the DVR and stuff. We used to get them and it was fun. I like that stuff. And we have to be connected with not only our past, but we have to mingle past and present because that has to be done. Because like you were saying, the, the, the science thing, like, if like the head of the Department of Education believes in like that the Earth was made in six days and stuff like that, I think we need like a science nut in there just so the kids know like, hey, you know, science classes and mythology, science classes, actual truth. <laughs> so because I, I mean, I'm not anti-religious, but sometimes it gets a little ridiculous. Like, oh, you know, can't lay with another man. You can't do this you can't do that like what kind of doesn't religion doesn't god want you to be happy why is he telling us not to do so many of these things like, my, my god point, sounds like a prude i want a god that's like yo get lit smoke weed have fun do whatever you want man but at the end of the day just don't kill anyone don't do any wrong to anyone and just spread good energy i think that's how we should be living with religion but you know that's no one asks me man yeah, and it's it's my my question to the Pope would be how is your city worth just about as much as one of the Fortune five hundred companies on the New York Stock Exchange, and you have wall <laughs> and you have walls to protect it. Yeah, I mean, R- riddle me, Rome. riddle me that. Yeah, it, it's in Rome. He, they're so obnoxious. Like it's in Rome, like legit in the middle of Rome. It's um, it's the smallest country in the world. And I think they're protecting the uh, the deepest, darkest secrets of what we have grown up in the history books. And if you think about it, you know, what previously existed before Christianity, because that is something that you have to think about. You know what I mean? This religion, there were religions before that. They, you know, the Greek gods and then the pagans and then now Christians. And, you know, it, it has morphed over time. But it's it's my my perspective of religion is is not. Everybody sees it in their image because that is the culture that views that. So oh, yeah. I view religion as peace on earth is everybody 
generous, like genuinely being nice to everybody. I know that sounds completely left hippie. I don't care. But, you know, but that's the I guess the best way to describe it. It's it's libertarian. Leave people alone. Let people live their life. You know what I mean? It's just a different perspective on what true happiness is in this lifetime, because you don't know it, it just realistically, nobody knows what happens after our eyes close and that science us as a, a, a creature on this, this planet is no more. Nobody knows. Not a soul. There are, there are, there are theories, there are stories before us. We have to, you know, kind of analyze it and see what science. And, you know, if you really look at, some uh, aspects of it there are you know similarities between christianity and other religions over time based on um you know certain aspects just the story changing and stuff like that it's just it's history and people are trying to find a common belief to strive for because they want to know that them being a good person in this world is going to get them somewhere but it's turned into something that has turned everybody against themselves and it's like my my religion is better than yours it's like well i just want to die happy you know it's like why why can't we just focus on because it's if if, because if you're good to your fellow man you can you can name you can name it like we have like three million gods we like oh you don't like this one pick another one like we don't (laughs) care it's whatever like buddhism i love that too like i love like the peace and be at peace because your religion shouldn't tell you cook okay so yeah right um quran doesn't say commit jihad it doesn't okay fine you guys you guys got that fine but you can't write something like that like allah is the only god like no matter what anyone says he's the only god because then that's going to incite jihad correct someone's gonna be like oh no but what about jesus uh what about krishna what about vishnu and they're gonna be like uh no it's allah Oh, you guys are crazy. You guys have no idea what's going on. You know, I'm going to carry out an act for Allah. Like, I'm pretty sure Allah's up there like, yo, like, no, not a good idea. Don't do that, please. I don't know yeah. who wrote that damn book. Just don't do it, please. <laughs> no, it's like the Bible, too. Like, stop telling people what to do. Just let them live. Yep. Let them live. It, yep, because, you know, lives change and, you know, certain things because – Laws of, of, of man, for lack of a better term, the laws of the land have morphed people to act and socially behave a certain way. Uh, you know, it, it's, it could be drastically reduced just to give everybody, you know, less stress in every day that they have to wake up and open their eyes and go through everything that they see, hear, taste, touch, and smell and go home and go to sleep and recharge and do it all over again the next day. We're all going to be here unless mm-hmm. somebody... Unless somebody, unless somebody eradicates, it's not like you know we got voted off the island at night. Unless yeah, Mother exactly. Nature, unless Mother Nature took them in that life, that organism is no more. You know, we mourn their memory and then we move on with life because that that is what we are. That's just you know what society has bred us to be is productive creatures, for lack of a better term. And we exactly. need to protect that. We need to protect exactly. the life because the people that are my children's generation and your generation that is the reason why this impact this movement and and the impact is so profound it resonates across young and old because when you start talking about preservation of life that is the right message and that is what resonates with people Mm -hmm. at their at at their core and it gives them a reason that they can get behind oh yeah and like I, i i just feel like you have a point and that makes so much sense 
But also, like, I just want God, all gods, you know what I mean? I just want them to come down one day, gather all their followers, and they're like, yo, listen, like, that book you guys wrote, uh-uh. That is not <laughs> what I wanted. Like, no, 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 bad idea, guys. Like, I just want them to hear it. Just to hear it. Like, listen, I want you guys to love each other. No matter if you're gay, purple, an alien, I don't care. Just love each other. Stop killing each other. And you guys, you little group over here, stop telling everyone else what to do. Like, like the priests, you know, and the Pope, and this and that, and this and that. Like, stop doing that. Because people wrote that book. Right? People mm-hmm. wrote that book. People, old people have an agenda. No matter how lily white they are, everyone has an agenda. You can agree or disagree with them. Everyone has one. So people with an agenda wrote that book and you guys follow it like it's still when was the Bible written? Like how many years ago? Over two thousand. Yeah, so like you guys still live like it's two thousand years ago. Stop doing that. You they paraphrase, yeah, and and they paraphrase it and they, they spit it as as doctrine almost. Like this is how you must live your life and it doesn't matter what cost, you know, and, and if you really just just my point to if I would just talk to a die hard, you know, person of a certain religion that feels like an, maybe an extremist, but not so extreme is how is the other person feel because of your hate? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just because, just because you you group them into a one label, because that is what you've been. That is what you hear. Yeah. And I mean that's ridiculous because on Hate Thy Neighbor again, do you watch it? You gotta watch it, man. You gotta watch Hate Thy Neighbor. It's on Viceland. It's it's infuriating, but that one episode where they went to a gay church, like exactly what you're saying, like old people can love. And how do they feel when they're hated? They had like a circle, right? And like, you know, they're led by a lesbian couple. And it's a gay church, and people can come, they can speak whatever they want, and, you know, they can still love God. Because they believe that God doesn't, you know, God doesn't want that to happen, which is true. God doesn't feel like, oh, you know, they're abominations and whatnot. So it's, how do the other people feel? And they feel attacked, like they should, and they feel terrible. Because the entire, essentially their entire religion is against them. But they don't see it like that. And I think it's important to remember that you should, we should all love each other. You, and again, they're going to call us hippies for this. But don't be ridiculous. Just because someone does something behind closed doors that you don't agree with, just don't do it then. Like Michael Moore said it correctly when he went to, uh, I think it was Pennsylvania, he did that show. And he was like, uh, who's against gay marriage? And he's like, oh, you, sir? Okay, uh, advice, just don't get gay married. It's like, exactly. So if you have a problem with it, don't do it. But don't tell other people how to live their life. I think that that's a good message to give uh, towards the people that are against cannabis, because whether it's their religious views, yeah. which you could you could argue because it's a plant and it was put here for a reason. It was already here. Uh, but yeah. they, you, for whatever reason, they think that it's it's some sort of criminality. But if it doesn't affect you, it doesn't affect you. So don't, don't just, just oh, yeah. move on. Move on don't with your life. smoke it. Yeah. Just move on with your life. I mean, Jeff Sessions wants to start the war on drugs again. Everyone knows if you crack a book that war on drugs with the war on blacks. Everyone I'm glad you brought that, that up. I'm, I'm very yeah. glad you brought that up. Everyone knows that. Okay, war on drugs is, you know, cause, and it's a little suspect that the guy who wants to start the war on drugs, a.k.a. the war on blacks, had some clan affiliations. I think we should all be like, oh, wait a second, what? Like, we someone should say something, but no one has. But we will. 
But it's ridiculous. The guy who wants to start the war on drugs had clan affiliations. That's one. And two, like, really, if you're going to start a war on drugs, you start with marijuana? Really? Really? Like, cannabis? Seriously? Like, it's that's actually, what you started with? It's actually start showing with- showing good. Yes. Yeah, start with opioids, which is actually an epidemic. Start with those doctors who, who get bought by these companies, know exactly what they're doing when they prescribe an ass load of pills to their patients. Start with them. Okay, start with the opioids because that's and so, actually crushing America. And we so now we're really, talking. Yep, you're exactly right. That's a that's great because that that is kind of taking a sideline to what's going on in this day and age too. They they want to put you know millions of dollars against the opioid crisis. What what does that mean? Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Like what what are you using that money for? What are you guys going to do? Treatment? Good. That's amazing. Men- mental mental health that? research. You know that that yeah. that could that could be science. Yeah, let's let's so, chop off the head. Let's get the companies. Let's grab the companies. Like, hey, stop doing this. Stop making these. You guys, they need to be held accountable, just like the NRA. They know what they're doing. Like they know exactly. what they're, they're doing. They know what they're they're, they're not doing. dumb. They're not yeah, dumb. I mean, they say, oh, they're used for hunting. Oh, word, really? Word like concealed Glock is used for hunting. What are we hunting in the urban areas? Hmm? Pigeons? Really, it's used for hunting? Come on. Opioids. Oh, they're used to treat. Okay, my grandfather just passed away, just recently. Like we're talking about religion and finding peace and all that, and it struck me because he went under. He's had he had pancreatic cancer, and that shit took him in six months, like this. The doctor said six months, and we fought as much as we could, but it was six months, and he was done. But all throughout his life, he's got an operation on his back, on his knees, on his this and on that, on this and that, and they've asked him. They've prescribed opioids to him. And he told the doctor, no, I'm not taking these because I know what these do to you. And my grandfather wasn't just a Joe Schmo. He came to this country. He got educated in Detroit, right? And he came to this country and then he got uh, involved with this company called Interfarm that packages and makes medicine. So then when he did that, he, he was like a supervisor at first. And he was like, you know what? We could actually double our output. Why don't we get more than one shift in here? Why are we having the same shift? And why are we working these people down to their bones? How about we get more than one shift in here? So he did. He got shift number two. And then he got shift number three. A man who worked inside this company. Chemicals and medicine was his life. He said, hell no. I am not taking these medications because I know what they do to us. I'd rather just take the pain. And he did. And for that, I will always remember that because he said no. That not a lot of patients can make that choice because the pain is. So, so would that be the the new current um, Nancy Reagan just say no campaign? Just say no to opioids. Yo. So, would you say that that could be the current um, generation and future generations, uh, Nancy Reagan's "Just Say No" campaign? Is "Just Say No" to opioids? Do you think that would click? You could, oh yeah. You, you could revive Dare again. Oh no, not Dare. I'm sorry. Uh, just say no. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like Nancy Reagan that much, but yeah, yeah, I would definitely say no, guys. I mean. Not even that. It's so hard for kids 
you know, if you're getting the operation they prescribe to you and you say yes, I'm not going to be ridiculous and go to, you know what I mean? Like with weed, I'm not going to go to cancer patient. I'm like, no, 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 don't smoke weed. They need that. They need that shit. They need to mellow out. I'm not going to tell a kid who just got an operation on his knee, right? Yo, don't take it. They prescribe it. I'm going to, I would say no, if it's in your house, someone else got prescribed it and they're leftovers, which there always are. Say no, throw them out, do something, get rid of them. Do not take them. That's yep. what I would do. They, because they do. That has to be the campaign. Yeah, because they do serve, serve a purpose. Whenever I brought up Nancy Reagan, I, I wasn't bringing up anything associated with her policy. I was just associating yeah, that. Yeah, uh, no, because I got it. I got it yeah. the, the, you know, we, we could talk about the Reagan administration and the Nixon administration for, for hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but that's, you know, that that's just the cards that they were dealt. You know, those are the people that were in office and those are the things that happened to us. And, you know, now it's second and third order effects, like what we're seeing. You know, in Vietnam, and and but we're starting to see an increase in tourism to Vietnam, uh, also. So that that's a, a plus for them. But you know, it's it, we have to think about what what we're going to do, and our second and third order effects of not only our foreign policy. I think what needs to be looked at first. I mean, this should be a, a huge key indicator. Uh, you know, light bulbs should go off. Is when a bridge or an overhead uh, pedestrian crosswalk over uh, an interstate collapses, that should be a key indicator might want to look at infrastructure what, what would you, what, oh yeah did you see that yeah in florida right was it uh i don't remember exactly LAX. where it was yeah but, but it was at the i airport, mean so right? that and and that's what we're facing now you know it's a pedestrian crosswalk and you know sinkholes all over the place because what we do one day is you know second and third order effects is going to have an effect somehow or you know shape form or another so you know 2020 is a good place to start so that we can kind of Maybe you could recommend guarantee uh, or, you know, inspired uh, all the way up to 2024. And then we just kind of secured six years for, you know, future productive policy. What would you say that? Oh, yeah, exactly. And that goes back to what you were saying about the end goal, right? It goes back to what Mm -hmm. you were saying about about having a deadline. Of course, we need 2020 and we need to work not only for gun reform, right? We need to work for everything. And you're absolutely right. And that is our... That is our goal, man. And because of amazing, you know, grown men and in your family, we have the support and we gain the confidence to do something. So I want to thank you, you know, for having me on there. First of all, I really appreciate it. Uh, that's it's great to have you on. And I'm just, I'm really, I'm really happy that, you know, you've reached out to me. I'm really happy that you're supportive of our movement. And even though we're not in the same state, bro, like, I really feel like, you know, we were sitting right next to each other and we were just having a good time. So I really appreciate it. I really had a great time on here. Um, and, you know, if you guys need anything else, just let me know, please. I would, you know, send right. someone your way, anything like that. I'd love to speak again. Thank you guys so much. Of course. Of course. And, and where can the listeners get uh, in touch with you if they need to? Sure yeah, if, you, um, if you would like to provide that, go ahead. No, How can they course, support the movement? My Instagram is jai.patel. That's J-A-I dot P-A-T-E-L. My Twitter is life of jai, like the movie Life of Pi. It's L-I-F-E-O-F-J-A-I. And then I have the Youngins podcast, which is on iTunes. Uh, you guys should check it out. It's not as political. It's, I'm not as clean on there, so don't judge me. But uh, everybody's, guys, got the, everybody's got their stuff, man. Exactly. Every, everybody's got something. Exactly. You know, d- so, don't um, don't yeah. judge a book by its cover. Amen. But uh, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. All right. So 
Well, pretty much we could sum it all up with, you know, getting out there and voting, getting active, having a long term Mm -hmm. strategy, because once again, you guys are young, you know, 18 going up to 25, you know, that those are the next, you know, obviously that is what is ahead of you. And to set yourself up to have a good strategy is, you know, gain knowledge or get a job or, you know, if that is what you can succeed at. Or if you succeed in school or you want to get that knowledge and then reevaluate, you know, four years, two years down the road, because odds are you're probably not going to like your first job because you're <laughs> going to get, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. Like my, I had a couple jobs before I joined the army, but you mm-hmm. know, now I'm, I'm getting out and I'm going a completely different way just because my life has changed to that direction. So, you know, pretty much getting out there and just, just resonating with, with all of the followers that you guys have and, and all the listeners here. To get out and vote, whether it's local, what affects you, you know, uh, and think about how it's going to affect other people, you know, getting out and voting with a, a uh, ask questions, you know, critical thinkers. So we'll finish with this. So last question is, so the, the podcast is named If I Was President. So the question to you is, if you were president, what would you do? <laughs> oh, man. You got to start, have... you, you start off with if I was president. If I was president? I would make sure no man or woman in this country ever feels oppressed, regardless of where you're from. I would make sure that we have common sense gun laws in this country. I would make sure that our walls, yes, our walls are fortified, but I would also make sure DACA continues and DACA has the funding to continue. I'd make sure everyone has universal free health care because that's something we don't have in the United States. I'd make sure our veterans are compensated. Because that, that's very important because you guys served our country and we thank you. And Lance, I thank you for your service, man. I think Thanks, man. Um, I'd make sure that this country is no longer the laughingstock of the world like we are, we've become right now. I'd make sure that we stand for what they wanted us to stand for, for liberty, for justice, and for happiness. So uh, that's that's what I would do, man. And we need to protect America. And it's not just because it's America that the world sees. This is our home. You know, this is where we live every day. You know, this is where our kids are going to live. This is where other people are going to live after us, you know. So it's it's legacy and it's, it's strategy, but it's also hustle. You know, what exactly. do you, what kind of hustle and drive do you have to go out and get what you want to do for the rest of your life and how you want to affect other people? Exactly. And I encourage everyone to do, your, do whatever you feel makes you happy and work hard at your craft. Even if it's something like, oh, you'll never get anywhere doing this. Okay. You could be the first. There's always that first, and you want to be that first. And if you're not, make sure whatever you're doing, is you put your 100% into it. Like this podcast, you know, you're putting your 100% into it. You know what I mean? My stand-up, my activism, I put 100% into it. Whatever it is, put 100% into it. Because we don't want – we got that stereotype. My generation has that stereotype that we are too self-involved. We're always in our phones. Get off your phone and go do something. Prove them wrong. Yes, and you can also use your phone as a weapon and not just a, you know, a crutch, I guess, as people exactly. label all right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Well said. You know, so I got what, one last question. I'm sorry. I have to ask one. Sure, sure. So the current generation, are you guys considered millennials? Like what, 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 is, what is going on? Are you guys a new generation? I know. Right. I mean, I've gotten this question so many times. I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't even know. I'm just. What do you <laughs> no, think? But, what, what would you, what would you um, call yourself? Uh, generation Z. That's what they're calling us. I would call us the future, but you know, no one asks me, but well uh, said. yeah, they're saying we're generation Z. And then, of course, some of the, you know, a lot of our friends were born in 98, 99, 97, you know what I mean? So they're technically millennials, right? Mm-hmm. But Generation Z is what, you know, the new, 
I think it's like 2001 or 2000 to like now or whatever. That's what they're calling themselves. But we're the future, regardless of what you call us. Well said. Well said. All right. Thank you for having – thanks for coming on. We'll see you again. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. All right, Lance. You have a good one. All right. Bye. All right. podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast